Hello, welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jansen. My guest today is Justin Sturgis. He is a local SEO website building and lead generation expert and also the co-author of a book called Local Lead Generation. And he just so happens to also be a member of the Duct Tape Marketing Consultant Network. So Justin, thanks for joining me. Cool. Thanks, John. So you've been doing this a long time, um, but one one version or another. And I always like to kind of, especially um, with this online stuff, uh, so much is changing, particularly rapidly lately. Um, so when it comes to getting found locally, uh, your business, you know, online uh, locally, what what are some of the most significant recent changes that you've seen? Man, I, I guess really the one of the biggest changes that Google just made recently was in not showing advertising on the right-hand side yeah. of search results. I mean, that's that's really been a pretty big pivot in in a couple key areas, right? So for AdWords, you've got three, maybe four locations where that are above the fold that are really the prime real estate now, and you know the other section that you'll see above the fold on most people's screens is um, the local like maps results. Mm-hmm. So the, those two are really prime real estate now. And if if you can if you can get a, some solid visibility, you, you know, with a unique strategy that really stands out in those two locations, you, you have some really good opportunity to to get a lot of calls and leads. And of course, then having some more organic placement below that. Um, is really key as well. So we find we call that the kind of the holy trinity. If you can get in AdWords and Maps, and then a little bit of organic presence, you, you typically will see a big uptake in phone calls or contacts for a business. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm ninety percent of the time I'm on a laptop, and uh, you know there there are certain um, instances where there's nothing below or above the fold but the ads. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so yeah, that uh, and I think that. You know they're they're even experimenting with expanding the pixel width of of you know those those ads and and the SERPs and so I think that's even making the ads more prominent. Yep. Um, so so when it comes to low or uh, uh, the organic part, because obviously that you know for a lot of people they they really want to win that because that doesn't come attached necessarily with a click cost. Um, what what are some of the main driving factors you think? And again, focusing mostly on a local business, what 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 are the factors that get them to show up in organic search? Yeah, I mean they. There's there's a lot of different variation, right? Because yeah, I think I think I read an article the other day that uh, that outlined 115 factors. But let's focus on the main yeah. main yeah. ones. <laughs> well, that and and there's also so many different cities and yeah. The, yeah. and the competition level. But when it comes to the rudimentary stuff that everybody has to have, in my opinion, you have to have a well put together web website that that has really unique content that really supports your particular strategy. Um, and the end of the content also has to be tailored for the search results that you're going after, right? So if you're, say, a custom home builder, it would behoove you to have a number of pages and even a variety of content, like maybe video, infographics, uh, great articles or key evergreen sort of positioning pieces on how you look at custom home building, um, you know, all in one little section of your website, for instance, and that is going to give Google a lot of of signals as to what keywords are appropriate for you, and that you're going through and doing those extra things to have a high quality site. And depending on where you're at, 
that may be enough on its own to you know, really, really um, do a lot as far as your organic placement and maybe even help you know, your maps placement and also be a good page possibly to drive um, AdWords to if, um, if you're advertising on you know, really related keywords. So uh, you mentioned the maps or you know, we, we used to be seven listings and five. I think they're down to three now um, <laughs> in the local search. And uh, obviously, uh, you know, there are people that look at the ads and they don't, you know, they think that, okay, that's an ad. I'm not going to click on that. Obviously, Google makes a whole lot of money, so somebody's clicking on them. But, yeah. <laughs> but you know, a lot of people, especially local folks, you know, really hone in on those map results because, you know, they have directions and it's, you know, it's very simple and, you know, reviews show up there. So, so clearly that's an important for, you know, particularly for local destination kind of businesses. I mean, that's a really important place to show up. But obviously... It's pretty competitive if it's only three listings. So instead of asking you, uh, I'll flip this around because um, I, I know it'd be easy for you to answer. You know some of the factors that get somebody in there, but you work with a lot of local businesses. What are the things that they're doing uh, that just about ensure they won't show up there? <laughs> yeah, um, I guess the big mistakes are are and, and and it's funny too i mean you i can show you examples of google doing things wrong right. so to speak so there's all you can always find a, a spot where someone's doing things wrong and still showing up but basically having the the not the same address in like your google maps listing or google my business listing you know if, if that address is different really in any way than on your website and then if you have you know all your citations out there, like Yelp and and uh, you know white pages and all those kinds of things. If if they're not consistent, you know that's that's uh, you know not doing the right thing. Um, you know as far as what Google wants to see. And, and well, let, let me drill down one little quick thing on that. Yeah. Um, and how specific are they? So in other words, if in one place I'm being lazy, I put st period for street, and another place I put street, you know, spelled out. Is that going to get me in trouble? It it could. I mean, you know, there's again, there's so many so many things are kind of screwy online that it's probably not going to be the end of the world. But basically, what like our process is claim that Google listing or if it exists, use the Google My Business how they show your address in the actual search results, and then take that and use it for all your other citations and your website in order to make sure that things are congruent with what Google actually displays, and that's typically what we go off of. And I think people would be surprised if they haven't studied this. I mean, you think, oh, well, the four places I know about, I've updated it, but, you know, I've been in business for, you know, going on 30 years now, and I I found some listings that were four addresses ago, you know, just because, you know, some service picked it up, you know, collected it because they wanted to sell it to somebody or something, and and that's out there. I didn't make it happen. It's just out there because I had an address, and I think a lot of people underestimate that, don't they? Yeah, one of the key things that is often missed in a lot of the tools out there are the, the key aggregators. Um, oh, shoot, you know, I'm so bad with names. There's Localese, there's... Um, Axiom. Oh, yes, thank you. And there's one other, one or two other really key aggregators out there, and they often get missed. And if you, if you miss those when you're doing your citations and kind of straightening out your profiles, then those guys, whatever they have, if yeah. it's wrong, that will trickle down to all kinds of other sites. So it's really important yeah. to get it right on those aggregators 
as well as all your other key places. And then, and then that will start to sort of ripple out and help start to fix over time, you know, those thousands or 2,000 or 5,000 listings that you may have. So, so what, what role do reviews play in that uh, three-back? I mean, obviously, you see, you see some results. There no People don't have any reviews. You see some results where, you know, a person has that, that little golden stars, you know, that really kind of highlights some. Does, is that a ranking factor or is that a ranking factor slash, you know, social proof factor? Yeah, it's arguable. I mean, I've seen plenty of times where someone's in 20th place and they have more reviews yeah. than some of the guys in the top three spots. So it's it's kind of a, a typical combination, you know, type of situation. But it sure is helpful uh, to have to have those reviews. And once you do have one of those top three spots, if you don't have reviews, the people who do have those sharp those stars showing, yeah. which takes I think at least five um, reviews on Google. That's right. um, you know, then that's that's a really key factor in getting people you know to click right. and to build trust. So that trust travels with that click to your website or to your listing. So if someone sees that and then tra- and then gets to your site and you've got a nice robust site now that experience they've had from the time they searched to the time they clicked and then found your site builds up to enough to you know feel good enough about you to call or you know click or whatever you've got going on and now let's hear a word from this week's sponsor Many of you come up with lots of great ideas, and let's face it, today, great idea, you've got to have a great domain name, an original domain name. And so the first thing you've got to do is go to a register platform so you can register your domain name. And my personal suggestion is Hover. Hover has over 400 extensions. So you've seen some of those, obviously, the classics like .com and .net, but now we're seeing niche extensions like .design and .net tech and even really quirky ones like dot pizza and dot ninja and dot horse so there's so many opportunities for you to find an original unique name i registered duct tape dot marketing uh, because obviously that is going to be an important one for me so to find a domain name for your idea go to hover.com and use the promo code justin dtm that's today's guest justin dtm and at checkout you're going to save 10 percent off your first purchase now I know you um, uh, you are a, a really big proponent of local content uh, as well, and 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 even um, very um, intentionally building pages for you know different service areas or different suburbs or different neighborhoods. Even um, is that a practice that um, that that has real impact for you know particularly in larger cities where you know maybe people are searching in subsets of the city. Yeah, I mean, for from us, from what we see, it's it's absolutely huge. But one of the key things is people like to get lazy, so they'll make a bunch of pages and just change out change out like the city name, even though they may have a good long page. That is spammy to Google, mm-hmm. right? So you're not doing yourself any favors, and your site may actually even get. I've seen quite a few people have fifty or a hundred of those. And it's too much, and especially when they're spammy, it can actually hurt your site. But if you take the time to do unique content on each one of those service area pages and maybe optimize for your most 
key service that you're going after across those pages, which is a little bit of a challenge to you know yeah. write unique content for each one. But if you do, then you'll find that if there are local results triggering, you know, like the maps or organic placement, you're going to really expand the the number of cities that you can show up for, even when you have an address in maybe a different city or or you know area. So we find those being really really effective. Sure, and one of my favorites for people to do is just just do a case study. Profile a client that you did in that suburb or that neighborhood or you know that type of thing. I mean that's 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 a good start, isn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely. Or we were just talking to a remodeler client the other day, and they've they've been around long enough. They've done like five thousand remodels or something. So we were talking about creating service area pages where we had a bunch of map spots, maybe not right on the folks' homes, but yeah. you know, in the general area, so we could show, hey, we've done ten, fifteen, twenty remodels in you know this particular area, and each one of those markers can have a, a little. Uh, if you click, you can have a few pictures from the remodel and stuff, and that's the kind of thing that we've seen that Google really likes to see you know that extra data on those pages that builds trust in them so you see a lot of talk these days about um, you know rich text snippets and you know even longitude and latitude you know Ooh, data and that yep. kind of stuff I mean how geeky do you have to get about that whole geography stuff yeah I mean for me because we can control it you know, where like someone linking to our site, you know, there's there's levels of control that are, you know, oftentimes that's not completely something we can do, right? right so, right, right. so to me, the things that we can control, which are a lot of those geeky factors, um, we find that when we put the time into getting all those things straight and right and going that extra mile, um, really makes a difference, and oftentimes it makes a difference really quickly once Google indexes a site that's totally put together well, um, you may not have to worry about a lot of other, you know, link building and mm -hmm. these other kinds of tactics if you get that stuff right. Now, of course, if you're a cosmetic surgeon in, you know, LA, you're probably going to have to, uh, you know, worry about some links and things. But uh, there's so many small businesses that are in little niches. And we even were just working on a, a, a wedding uh, bride or a, she does hair and makeup for, for weddings and she's in New Jersey, but we launched her site, and within a few weeks, um, she was with no link building. She was starting to get two, three calls or uh, you know lead gen forms a day um, just from the the site being set up correctly. So, um, explain this. Um, if, if I don't know how to, I was going to say explain rich text snippets, but uh, give a little bit of an overview of just actually. You know how your your address needs to be structured, and and some of the uh, again uh, some somebody listening might not actually go out and do this themselves, but just so they understand if somebody's pitching this to them, you know what what exactly um, is Google looking for with that? Yeah, there's there's two main approaches right now, and they're they're basically just kind of ways to put extra code around, say, your address yeah. and other other information that you may be putting on your site, like even testimonials and that kind of thing. So it's it's kind of extra code in the back end that tells Google, hey, this is a testimonial with uh, with a rating, and then it's this many stars, or here's our ad, or here's our business, it's this kind of business in this city with this address, right. here's our phone number, all that kind of stuff. And there's two kind of there's schema markup, and then there's sort of JSON. 
Um, schema.org is, is the one that we typically use, although JSON is starting to come on because some people think it's a little easier. But basically, there's those two main approaches to adding the, those markup elements that can make a, a big difference in, in a lot of different ways in how you show up in the search results. Yeah, and there's certain... Um Known variables that Google says yes. For, you know, if you have an address, the, you know this is the markup for an address. If you, yep. as you said, reviews or product names, I mean, those start to become just way just more data to to make it easier for Google. And I guess you get rewarded for that sometimes. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So let's talk about the role of advertising or the connection, you know, between. AdWords, since we're talking about Google, uh, between AdWords and search or between AdWords and, you know, Google My Business. I mean, are there, um, I mean, are we at a point where you would tell somebody, hey, you may not have a huge budget, but you better be spending some money in AdWords if you're going to maximize your local play? Yeah, we typically do. I mean, there are some industries where it's really, really competitive and really, like it's so expensive that it's prohibitive for a lot of the players. Like sure. H HVAC may be one, depending on which which city you're in. I mean, and, and what we we might be talking about, like twenty bucks a click or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And actually, I've seen personal injury lawyer stuff go up to six hundred dollars for a click, not a lead, but a click. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, so in some cases, um, you know, we avoid it, but in nine times out of ten. Especially if you've got a good strategy and you've got a good difference and your business can stand out in, in those short kind of haiku lines of text that you can put in yeah. an ad. Right. If you can get them to stand out and then also we use ad extensions a lot, which mm-hmm. will give us extra real estate there. So if we can tell a little bit more of a story about that business in those paid spots, I mean, we you can – Oftentimes, get really good click-through rates still that that really turn into uh, you know business. So it's yeah. it, so you, you can add things like phone numbers and addresses and testimonials and product categories even can you? Yep, yep, yeah. absolutely. And and we take a, a take advantage of a lot of those. And once in a while, we we find you can actually go too far. So it, <laughs> once in a while, Google likes you so much that they throw a whole bunch of stuff up there. So you might have to pare them down a little bit if you do, uh, you know, get in there a lot. But really, really digging into those ad extensions, so many people get lazy on that, and it really buys you a lot more real estate for free. It helps your click-through rate. And, key, and, 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 and to make this not so uh, geeky for those of you listening, uh, that just, just do some searches in your, in your community um, and start noticing that uh, the difference and how those stand out. Because I think um, a lot of times when I've talked to clients, you know, they glaze over, but then you show them that, and they go, "Wow, that that ad pops." You know, that that ad's way more, way better than mine. <laughs> you know, and I think uh, you know, pay attention to some of that uh, just by looking at, it, and I think you'll start seeing uh, the impact that it has on you, even though it's maybe somewhat subconscious. Yeah, and that, that's a really good suggestion. Like, uh, you know, following with the example we were talking about before, like say custom home builder in a particular city, if you're going to advertise on that keyword, do that exact search yeah. and see what your competitors are doing right now. And then, and that can help you kind of sharpen your strategy and how you're going to, you know, what's your, what are you saying? What is your core message? And make sure that it's really unique and stands out. Um, and that, that's just absolutely important. And, I, and you can tell that so many people don't do that sure. when they set up accounts. Well, and you know, part of that's 
if we can blame Google, hopefully they're not listening to this um, now. But you know, I mean, if you know, they want your money. You know, so they they obviously they want click throughs. So there's a lot of information they have out there about how to do it better. But if you just go through their default kind of setup, you know, you'll 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 have a pretty bad ad and be paying a lot for it. Yeah, um, <laughs> typically. So, so so you know, they there's a little bit to, to blame there. Um, I want to switch to directories, um, and and. Uh, primarily, you mentioned a remodeling contractor a couple times. One of the things that people experience in most cities today, uh, if you type in remodeling contractor, uh, your city, uh, you're going to, you'll, you'll see the ads, you'll see the, the local map listings, but then the, the, the organic results that you see, there's a good chance many of those will just be lead aggregators. You know, people that are in the business of selling leads to remodeling contractors, um, front porch, uh, house, um, you know, those types of places. So now those folks will all sell, you know, memberships to, you know, to you. Um, they'll, you know, gladly send you leads for a fee. Uh, do, do you as a local business recommend uh, or for your local businesses, uh, do they have to play in that game because those folks are taking so much of that real estate? Do they have to use those directories themselves? We certainly suggest it. And, you know, it, it all depends on priority and what your budget is and what your time is. But if you if you do those searches and you see that those prime searches that you need to be competing on do have a really strong presence from Yelp, Angie's List, BBB, House, whatever it might be, Home Advisor. Uh, there's all kinds of them. Um, if if those are really prevalent on those pages, then yeah, it would it would be pretty darn smart to you know maybe pay attention to your Yelp uh, profile enough yeah. to get the reviews on there and and engage with it enough that instead of just general Yelp listings, it becomes your Yelp listing. Which you'll notice there are kind of two kinds. There's That's general right. Yelp, sure. and then there's your business. And if you can become the your business because you're so so much better than everybody else as far as you know how. It looks, you know, you're in really good shape. So, you know, there's there's a lot to showing up in all these different ones. House is one you could pay for. Yelp, we typically, <laughs> they're probably not going to like this. We typically don't pay for them, but we certainly make sure we're optimizing well. You know, what's your title? What are, what content do you have there? You know, and and hopefully getting you know proactive um, reviews, that kind of thing. House is a, a tough one because they really uh, show mostly people who are paying. Yeah. Um, in a lot of cases, so it, it may be important for you if if they're if they really have prevalence on those key searches to consider that. There's also a lot having reviews, of course, on house and having a robust profile also help with your listings there. Yeah, and I mean, at the very least, you you better make sure that you're at least in those directories. I mean, because yeah. you know that may not be guaranteed. So at the very least, be in them, optimize your profile, and uh, you may start showing up in there. You know, top ten x. You know, in that. City, um, what? Uh, um, where do you? You know, this is such a changing field. I was curious where you get your information. What are some of the the, the sources that you go to for you know the latest and, and greatest? Uh, you know, whether it's related to Google or just SEO and and, and web programming in general. <laughs> That's a good question. You know, there, it's it's so interesting because there's there's not a heck of a lot of really good in detail local information out there you know there's lots of general you know organic seo but i, I kind of bring things together from a lot of different source, sources i mean of course moz is pretty good on the local side 
Um, there's a few others which I would I would not mention here because there there are there are a lot of people who combine black hat information mm-hmm. with white hat information, <laughs> right. and you ha- really have to be careful about what you can pull out of there that's useful and and what is really not cool spammy kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but there there is a lot of really good technical information that you can get out of the black hat side of things yeah. sometimes. And I, I do dive into that stuff. I never do any, any of the spammy stuff, but learning like the semantic web and, you know, what Google's looking for from a technical perspective can be very helpful, but it, it's, it's pretty deep stuff. And if yeah. you're not, if you're not really committing to it, just stay out of there because yeah. it's just going to mean trouble. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think some of the places like uh, SEO Roundtable, um, for yeah. example, I mean, there's a lot of that that goes on there, and so you do kind of have to cipher through some of it. But I, one of the things I think is you you do get to see, you know, those are usually working people, <laughs> meaning yes. meaning they're doing local SEO in their community, and regardless of what Google's saying, they're saying here's what's actually happening. <laughs> um, and so sometimes you can, uh, you know, like you said, whether you're going to practice what's happening or working uh, or not, I think sometimes you know that's the only way to to you know to get real, I suppose. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And just looking at what other people are doing and having a few tools where you can look at their link profiles. I mean, I'm talking about your competitors, yeah, right? Yeah, looking yeah. at their link profiles, looking at their list of citations. Yeah. Uh, White Spark's a great one for that, as well as Bright Local, a couple others. Um, you know, seeing what they have and then basically benchmarking off of that and going, okay, we need to do that plus a little bit. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, we should be in good shape. That's really one of the best ways to get the knowledge you need for any specific niche. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So let me let's finish up with one last question. Um, if if when you if a new client came to you and they said, "Gosh, you know, we we really need to be ranking locally. We're we're not local, you know, necessarily doing what we need to be doing." Is there kind of the low hanging fruit, like the one thing that you see most people mess up, and you know that if you go fix that, that's going to help them? Yeah, you know, honestly, I would go back to strategy. And in the sense of what are you saying, what in, in your meta tags, in your title tags, in those things that people see when they do run across you online, how are you standing out and how are you priming people to get that click? I mean, you're, you're not always going to be number one, but if, if you're in those organic results and you stand out with what you're saying, you'll find that you don't have to be number one. People window shop and they go from one to the next because a lot of them are crappy looking sites that have terrible stories. So even if you're at the bottom of the page and you have something unique going on and then you deliver with a really good site with great content that shows you care about those visitors more and have thought about them more, you're going to find you can get a lot of business by, by just doing that, just kind of being present, having a better story, and having a great site when people go there. Awesome, Justin. Thanks so much for joining us. We're speaking with Justin Sturgis. He is a local SEO website building and lead generation expert out in the California area and also the co-author of Local Lead Generation and happens to be a duct tape marketing consultant as well. So, Justin, thanks for joining us and appreciate you sharing your knowledge. Thanks so much, John.